Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is the 11th of July, 7-11 day. Um, get yourself a big gulp. And uh, the Lakers have a team. They've gulped down free agents. <laughs> Some big ones. Seamless. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. I was talking about 7-11 where you can get a big gulp. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about the big gulp the Lakers made in free agency. Yep. All right. <laughs> Off to a good start. So, uh Lots to cover today, including that. We'll talk about uh, favorite moves, least favorite moves, what you liked about free agency and what you didn't. Uh, we'll get into where the Lakers stand vis-a-vis the rest of the NBA. Um, talk about uh, really what it looks like. The first wide, o- genuinely wide-open yes. season in a long time in the NBA, yes, and it, it should is. be very exciting. And then finally, Sasha Vucic wants to come back. Of course he does. Thank God. I really hope that works. Um, anywho, so let's start with this. The the Lakers and free agency. Um, I, I wrote a lot, and Andy and I are both obviously covering the team for The Athletic, and one of the things that I've been writing about a lot is how Rob Palenka's job, the difficult part, Andy, isn't trading for Anthony Davis. You and I could do that. Just, well, particularly when you've got Rich Paul and Clutch and LeBron right. you know, Hel- dropping a jackhammer to make this thing Right, happen. but it's also, too, it's like, okay, just keep adding stuff right. until David Griffin says yes. Like, I could do that. I'm not yeah. sure if i do it better or worse, probably worse, but I could do no, it. No, I mean, look, at some point, this deal was going to happen. going to happen. Especially because the Lakers had reached the point where the toothpaste couldn't get put back in the tube. Yeah, I mean, and, and New Orleans, too. So, uh, But the, the hard part would be, figuring out how to put a, a cohesive team around LeBron and AD once that was done. Not just this year, although that's obviously the most immediate need, but also over the next two or three or four or five without all your young assets and now without all this draft capital. So this is the the first step uh, for Rob Palenka in keeping the Lakers competitive for a long time. And they, you know, in waiting for Kawhi, obviously, Andy, that meant missing out on not necessarily all the best free agents, although a lot went off the board, but you're having your choice of who you want to target, uh, picking between these three shooters or those four wings or whatever it might be, as opposed to, okay, well, that's the guy that's left. We have to make sure we Actually, get I would go so far as to say you pretty much mis- pretty much just missed out on free agents. I mean, because the the way guys went off the board was exceptionally fast. So really, the first 10 hours, right. most, so, I mean, 75% by, of the big names were gone. By deciding to go after Kawhi at all, I think the Lakers knew that they were going all in. They may not have realized just how quickly yeah. they were going to be going all I in. I mean, it was, it's one be- of those things. Between that and how long it took Kawhi to yeah. eventually commit, like they, re- but they really ended up all in very fast. All right, so they, they as soon as Kawhi's decision was made the moves started coming for the Lakers very quickly Danny Green and um you know the re-signing of KCP and JaVale McGee coming back and they quickly added uh, the next morning I believe it was DeMarcus Cousins and um and they had actually agreed to terms with Jared Dudley and Quinn Cook before, before Kawhi's decision uh, Jared came. Dudley and uh, Troy Daniels I think Troy Quinn Dan- Cook, yeah, no, Quinn Cook came after you're correct the the minimum guys who didn't impact their salary yes, cap at all you are correct so um well, I'll ask this question. What was your favorite move that they made? There were a lot. It was I, I, I give grades on all these things at The Athletic. It's about 11, 10 or 11 things if you include re-signing guys from last year. I'd say Boogie. To me, it was DeMarcus Cousins because you've got the best potential there for return of investment being high. I mean, you're talking about a low-risk, high-reward potential, and, and Boogie clearly was not all the way back with Golden State. Uh, 
And there were times where you could tell, particularly when it comes to to speed yeah. and the ability to get around the court. I mean, even by the standards of Boogie's never been the fastest guy out there, he at times looked slow. But at the same time, he averaged it was about 16 points. It's like 16 points, eight rebounds, three and block a half and assists. Half. Block and a half. And they're only about 25 minutes a night. Right, and not at full strength. And we saw also, especially during the playoffs, he's an exceptional passer. Mm-hmm. And... He did actually last night his introductory conference call with uh, with the media. Right, this is Wednesday night. Yeah, I was on it, and the th- there were a few things that stood out to me. But one of the things that really grabbed me was the way Boogie, without explicitly saying "I'll come off the bench," in so many words said "I'll come off the bench" if that's what they want from me, because he said that he was flexible to whatever role the coaches want for him, and that is code for "I'll come off the bench." And I actually think that's where DeMarcus would be best served for himself in what I think is ultimately a showcase opportunity he's hoping for. But also, this would be best for the Lakers. And if he's willing to be flexible in that way, it it just signals what I think could be a really good opportunity for the team and for him. But either way, the, the potential upside with DeMarcus Cousins is huge. Yeah, I agree, and I, I that's that's my. Favorite. I mean, the Danny Green thing is almost so much of a a no brainer. It almost doesn't count. Well, and also too with, with Danny Green, and and I don't want to take away from Rob Palinka because he got the guy you know to sign the contract, but a lot of this was handed to him by Danny Green being connected to Kawhi's eventual decision. Right. But I mean, the Dallas Danny, was out there. I mean, there were some other sure, teams. Sure, but, I mean, that were but the point being, though, if if Danny Green literally had not played for the Raptors, he'd have been off the board. Like he wouldn't have even been a possibility. That's true. Had he not been connected to the Raptors, right? He wasn't but, waiting around for the Lakers specifically. Right, so, he's and, waiting around for Kawhi. Right. And and I, again, I'm not saying this. To no, I just, I just, no, I just, I just, I'm mean, just saying in terms of I just real decisions. Si- the signing of Danny sure. Green was sort of so obvious. Yes. That. And, and and there's no downside to it. I mean, no, it's a great sign. You 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 hope that he's last year was a major bounce back for him. He, yeah. he wasn't bad in in San Antonio the three years before, but the shooting was down. Um, he wasn't nearly as good as he was this year in in um, Toronto. But if he is that good with, the, I mean, he was the Raptors were light years better on both sides of the ball when he played. He shot 45 percent from the from three point range, and he is exactly what the Lakers need in terms of a, a wing that can shoot threes yes. and defend. Um, and so, big enough to play the three if needed, right? So it's it's sort of so obviously the like that's so you move yes. beyond those guys. I like Cousins too because a the the opportunity cost with Cousins because they signed him at the minimum is basically zero. It's the other an opportunity to sign a different guy at the minimum. Um, it it wasn't another big who signed for six or seven million dollars. It's a t- totally different spot in their free agent kind of layout. Um, I guess maybe somebody like Willie Cauley Stein. Um, I think he signed for a basically. He minimum. signed. I know he signed for the minimum. I'm trying to remember the timing. Willie Cauley Stein, by the way, who to has the been very, He's been very adamant about wanting to get paid. Thus far, his plan has not worked out the way he wanted. No, I mean, and he he he's kind of in the same boat as Cousins, which is, um, you know, he wanted out of Sacramento, and they've got a bunch of young bigs that they're they're trying yeah. to play and. Like you could say, well, would they be better off with Willie Cauley Stein than Demarcus Cousins? I like Willie Cauley. I, mean, I think I think he's a good player. A little weird too, which I, I appreciate. But um, quite I, I, the answer to the short answer to that is, if you get eighty five percent of Demarcus Cousins, that's a better player than Willie Cauley Stein. I would also say I, I agree with that. I I would also say too that if you're going to sign Javale McGee. 
there's a redundancy with McGee and Cauley Stein that you don't have with JaVale and DeMarcus. It's two different guys. It's true. I mean, Cauley Stein is a better player, a better, a better, more, much more well-rounded player than JaVale. But they're similar. But players. they're similar. Um, and I get what you're saying there. I, so the, the bottom, what I'm really getting at is like, there's not a lot of opportunity cost to signing um, cousins as opposed to when we'll get to guys like KCP or Avery Bradley or wherever. We're at a higher salary in a different place in your salary cap. It's like this guy or that guy or you know things like that. It makes a much bigger no, difference. No, Boogie was a great sign. Um, and so I think if you can get eighty five percent, eighty percent of what he is, seventy five percent is a pretty that's a good, really player. good player. And they don't need him to be much more than the third or fourth best player on the roster. And he's it, it's a good fit for him too because load management, Andy, is going to be the name of the name of the of the season. You've got to get the the, the one thing that this roster. It's it's got some potential to be brittle. Uh, they're going to have to do a really good job holding the thing together. So that means Davis is probably going to sit 10, 12 games at least. LeBron's probably going to sit 10 or 12. So there's, you know, Boogie will sit some games too. But they're not going to do it all at the same time. And so you can stat, you can have these games for from Cousins' perspective where he's going to have 20 or 25 games where he's going to be a featured player. Um, and that will help him both in terms of next year, the year following, and free agency, but also I think kind of get a rhythm, get some stuff back. So when you, if you need that in the playoffs, it's there. It's interesting you say that about Boogie as part of the load management crew, which certainly could be a possibility, Brian. But what what I did think was interesting was in that conference call, mm-hmm. he mentioned how playing 82 games was a goal for him, and that's something that really was important for him to try to make happen. Obviously, uh, with the context of coming off these two years with injury. But also, too, DeMarcus talked about how these last couple of years have really made him appreciate the game more and like appreciate the opportunity that's been in front of him, and you realize that it can be taken away. And I think that's also great in terms of his fit with the Lakers with some of the stuff that has come with DeMarcus in the past. And and I, and yeah. I'm, and I mean, I'm not worried yeah, about him being a no, problem. I mean, he's one of these guys. I mean, I'm just saying, it they, seems like he's grounded in certain ways now that he may not have been then. And some of that has to do, by the way, with Sacramento being a dysfunctional. Right. Mess. And also, too, you know, you get your, you know, your money. He's lost well over those injuries have cost I him feel, well over a hundred million dollars. I, I mean, well over a hundred million dollars. And so he should be in the third year of a max contract yeah, if he, was he playing would have in been a somewhere. Fair world, and or, or or a mostly max contract if people were worried about the attitude or whatever it is. But he would. I mean, he certainly wouldn't be playing two years in a row basically for the minimum. Um, and God, so, no. I mean, so you. But in terms of the guy. They still love him in Sacramento. Like the the community of Sacramento yeah. loves Demarcus Cousins, yes, and Michael Thompson talked about this a lot um, when Demarcus played with the the national team. He was great, and Clay loved him. The national team loved him. The guys loved him, and all that. You know, Anthony Davis loved playing with him in New Orleans. If you put him in the right spots with the right people in a you know good structure and all that, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with the guy. He's he's passionate about what he does and he has a temper and he you know can lose lose his head periodically or whatever but he there's the fundamental guy no i mean he's never not, like never been in any type of trouble he's never had any and issues. i and i don't think he's the same kind of potentially destructive locker room force that i think Kyrie can be for example yeah like Kyrie is a genuinely weird potentially destructive well, I, force. I think also much moodier in ways that is. hurt a team but i also think too that the situation demarcus has been through lends itself to i think more of like a grounded focus yeah 
And, I agree. And again, it sucks for DeMarcus that it took this to potentially make it happen because that's not fair to him. He doesn't deserve to be injured. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the headspace that he's going to be in with the Lakers, it seems like it could be a really positive one. I also noticed, too, because he did an interview with Chris McGee on Spectrum Sportsnet, he looks slim. At least from, you know, like the, the, the neck and like <laughs> shoulders up. Yeah. But, like, you know, your face shows that. I mean, yes. like, I look at you right now, I'm like, hmm. Mm. You could drop ten or fifteen um, from your face, just just <laughs> oddly just enough, from neck down, I just from your face, neck down, slim, yeah, trim, retain, pretty ripped. I don't know if you're retaining water up there. No, 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 uh, neck no, but up. Like that, that is weird. Hell. But it's weird. But like you can see that, and you know he's not looking quite you know as. as but really, I think it's hard to part. Like you, you post Achilles stuff. Like you got to lose weight. You come back from it. He, he didn't look heavy last year necessarily, but he didn't look all the way back. But, but you're not, and so I, I think what the Lakers and this is a trend. I think with most of the team, this is about getting the group to the playoffs. It's about getting Boogie and LeBron and AD to the playoffs in a place where they're the 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 space around them is as good as possible. You're playing as well as you can as a group. You have as much. Uh, flow and continuity as you can, but what you really need is everybody to be there. And the Lakers don't need Cousins to be great in October. And if he needs to, still kind of working his way. It's April, you know, Jan- you know March, April, May, June. They hope um, where you hope he's at his best, and that's another, all, basically, almost another full year removed from uh, in terms of recovery time and things like that. That is doable. And they can shepherd him to that in the same way they can shepherd the rest of the team. And really quickly before we get into the moves that we didn't like as much, I like Jared Dudley. And I want to say specifically because I think he's the veteran. He's the type of veteran that a team like this needs. He's central casting for yeah. this sort of thing. I mean, like he he's the type of veteran that will speak truth to power when need be and say some things that some of the stars may not like but need to hear. Right. Or Rich Paul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Or, but, or Linda Rambis. But I mean. <laughs> Look, team, Linda. Oh, teams, look, Linda, sh- look, Shadow President, Linda. Why that? I don't know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a bite this year. I think we're gonna pull that. I know. It's from certainly. Arthur. Oh, right. Okay, it's from Arthur. That's a, it's a deep pull. That's a deep. But I'm just saying. I mean, it's the only way I like to say to, Linda. To put things in perspective, Linda. I know Arthur really well and had no idea right, what the hell you were talking now about. Now you got it, and now it's there. I got it. Yeah, and it's there. And forever, when you think of Linda Rambis, you'll say. Linda! <laughs> ah, you're a hedge. If you haven't seen Arthur in a long time... The original. We the original. Sure. Dudley no, Moore, not the Russell no, Brand. not the Russell Brand one. The Dudley Moore Arthur is a wonderful movie. You know, I will say this, Brian. Nobody has ever accused you of being uh, afraid of a deep pull. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Um, yeah, I like, I like Dudley. I think he's... You don't necessarily want 12 of those guys... Um, this is the problem with like <laughs> veterans minimum. Like he's like okay, but they're you know, yes, they're all savvy veterans in this, and they're also all thirty nine or like what you want a couple of them. And yeah. Dudley still serves a per like he was not bad in Jersey or Brooklyn last year, and he had a weird deal where he only played I think like fifty eight or fifty nine games, but he started like twenty five of them, and he's gonna have probably twenty games where he might not play at all. And a bunch where he plays 12 minutes. And then there's going to be a stretch of two weeks this year. They may not even be in a row where they're going to need him to start and play like 29 or 30 minutes. And he's going to be absolutely fine. 
and he's going to be predictable and he's going to do what the yeah. coaches are expecting. He's going to do what LeBron and AD expect, be in the right spot. He's going to call the right coverage. He's going to, and then he'll go back to do you know two what? weeks of DNP. He'll tell CDs. you that on Twitter. Right. And, and, and be okay with it. He recently on Twitter uh, let everybody know exactly what he does on a team and why he's always a plus yes, minus Yes, that's how darling. I knew he was going to call out coverages and things like that because I follow him on Twitter. Um, and so we follow him on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so like that makes a difference. And, you know, I, I hope they don't have to lean on him for 25 minutes a night. And if he bounces back to 35 or 38 or 39 percent, 40 percent shooting from three, and he's had seasons like that. Like that's that is a huge boost to this team on the wing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect. I like that. I like that they brought back Caruso. Yes. Um, I think Caruso is going to play a big role in this. I team. think so as well. Uh, or certainly could, depending on how this LeBron at point guard thing turns out. Well, according to Frank Vogel, don't get out ahead right. of yourselves. Yes. Don't get out ahead of yourselves. I'm Frank surprised Vogel. the coach didn't decide. Frank, Frank right. Vogel says, you know, it has not been decided that LeBron's going to start at the point. He they didn't even have, clarify. He didn't even clarify any, if LeBron was going to start. They don't even have any. They have no lineup set yet. No. He, he hasn't even thought about it's it. It's an open competition. Yeah, look, LeBron's going to have to earn this like everyone else. I, Anthony Davis, same thing. You show up the first day of work with a name tag, and nobody knows your backstory, and you got to earn it. Um, all right, let's look at the other side of things. What you didn't like, I mentioned some of the names. I am not. I'm a much bigger fan of the guys they signed than the guys they brought back. I think JaVale, at the price point, especially with Cousins, gets to do almost what can can be deployed i should say almost as he was in golden state where you can really pinpoint those places where he can be used most effectively and put him consistently in positions to succeed and particularly at that price point um, I think he could be a very effective player. I'm good with Javale. Yeah, I, I mean, no la- last that. year he actually played pretty well. Played pretty well. The stretch that he wasn't playing well, some of that had to do with the pneumonia. No question, but I also think they they and they they overtaxed the, his minutes because he was, and also too, they put him in spots where you'd want a, a different center out there. Sometimes, sure. like he's great at rolling to the basket. He's a, a, you know pretty good rim protector, but overall defensively, he's a hell of a goaltender too. Yes, overall defensively, coverage wise, isn't as consistent as as reliable, and that's why, oddly enough. The the on off metrics when he played defensively actually weren't very good, um, but now I think he's back in a spot where it's much more natural. The Lakers have three options with Cousins, um, with Davis, uh, right, and that's what I was gonna say. And Davis is going to play some you know center whether, center he, likes whether he likes it or not. He's going to be at the five. LeBron will be at the four slash one sort of thing, and that's what it's going to look like. And so I like that. I don't like the return of KCP at eight million a year. I feel like that's where you start to get into. And it's I, when I wrote about this for the Athletic, it was I, I I did put that as a caveat. Like you can't just say I don't. They shouldn't have signed KCP. They should have signed that other guy without at least kind of talking about who that other guy might be. Um, and as it turns out, you know, KCP or an offer sheet for Delon Wright, KCP or. An offer sheet for Tyus. I mean, Jones. I'd have personally gone an offer sheet for Delon Wright, but that's me. That is, those are options that were available at that time. Now those turned into things that needed to be trades. Um, the Lakers might not might have been anticipating that, sure, and saying, you know, we don't have enough stuff to give away. Somebody's going to match, and we'll have tied up our cap space for, you know. I mean, the, I guess the the case I would the counterpoint I would make there was what did they do with it? Well, what did they do with it? But also, is KCP going anywhere? Like I don't I and. Not at eight, eight million, he's not right. That's that's sort of my point. Is if if eight million is the price, you can afford to tie up your money for yeah, a few just, days 
risking KCP's exit. The argument it could be that if you if you're not putting him in positions now to do what he's had to do in the last couple of seasons, which is periodically carry do more stuff than I think you would want, like be more active. And now it's mostly defend your butt off and hit threes when we need you. Don't you don't need you ever to carry the offense. In fact, don't. <laughs> put it down. Just yeah. Put the offense put, put down. It down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stop that. Um, I mean, I just I, I feel like you, you. The argument is if he's only doing those things, the inconsistency in his play, and he is he is the anti Jared Dudley. No, I mean, look, all there are the times when plays. KCP, you're like, damn, he's but really he's playing well. all over the freaking. Yes, place. he is, and some of that will go away because. He's just not asked to do things that are outside of his, a little outside his lane. The counter to that is in games that are going to be more high leverage, and the hope was last year that they would be, they turned out not to be. This year, I'll assume they're going to be. In games that are higher leverage, um, the inconsistency will show more and will be more dramatic, and you will notice it more and be annoyed by it more. I just think this is who he is. And I, I think yeah, the he first, was, I mean, he was the, inconsistent in Detroit. And the first year he had as a Laker, we shot 38% from three. And I think that is shown to be the exception to the rule and not the rule in terms of how he shoots. Okay. I mean, there's. He is not a three and D guy. There's you can't a, call him that. He's no, not a good shooter. There's at least. Or a D. <laughs> there's at least some comfort in knowing that the clutch tax keeps going down every mm-hmm. year. No, by like the time it, KCP's like 37, playing with Bronny. He's going to be a minimum guy. It's yeah. gonna, it'll work out great. Um, I did, though. I, I wonder. We've always talked about this as the clutch tax. But I had a theory that I wanted to run past you, Brian. I actually was wondering if this is also the clutch punishment. Like when they first brought in KCP, obviously that was a nod to what was coming with LeBron and and trying to grease those wheels, Mm -hmm, have the communication with Rich Paul, Mana from Heaven, whatever. But the original plan... Wait to see what he says about Anthony Davis on Saturday. (laughs) The original plan was to have LeBron joining Paul George. You know, that's obviously what they were laying out for. And then Paul George ended up going to Oklahoma City, or staying there, I should say. I'm wondering at that point if KCP became a punishment for not getting a free agent. Maybe. And then and then the following year, because remember, the Lakers were supposed to, the plan yeah, was getting right. a free agent. So the Lakers struck out. And this year, KCP's deal is for two years. And you'll note, Brian, that next year's free agent, free agency class very, very weak. It is so it's essentially punishing them in advance for next year as well. No, you're right. Like this is this is clutch punishing the Lakers for not doing what they said they'd do for LeBron. It comes in the form of KCP. The other guy, it's worth thinking about. The other guy <laughs> I don't like is Rondo. No, and. It is for two reasons. No, as in I agree with you. No, as in no, yeah. right? Yeah, two reasons. First, he was bad last year. He was hurt, and when he played, he was bad. And if you think, well, you know, all these gaudy assist numbers and this, and that, whatever. Okay, great. The offense was worse when he played. The defense was catastrophic. One could played. argue that he was sometimes hunting for those. Oh, assists. yeah, a little bit, a little bit, trying to boost those numbers. So. I don't like it because I just don't think he was very good. And so that wasn't, that's part of the issue. The other issue is, you know, okay, fine. But, you know, you sign him for a veteran's minimum. Maybe he doesn't have to play a lot of it. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that is historically has not, he has not responded well to extended stretches where he doesn't play. And so your choices are 
play a guy more. And last year there was a lot of talk that you know part of the reason Rondo got 25 minutes a game, you know, 28, 29 minutes a game sometimes, is because if you played him at 15, he didn't give you the same effort that he gave you if you played him 29. So if you wanted to get any value out of him at, at all, you actually had to play him more because the 15 minutes, if you only gave him you know that, he was so uninterested and detached that he, he would kill a game in 15. And so they had to play him some, and so they sort of had to play him more. He's not Dudley. I don't think he's going to respond well. Like, you know what? Caruso's out playing. You were better with Caruso on. Caruso Avery Bradley last year. Avery Bradley, whoever it is, depending on the lineups. And so there's just not a lot of room for you because he's not a good shooter. He's not going to attack the basket and, and move. He can and, attack and, the all basket. That I mean, he avoids attacking the basket. I don't know how, um, how this works. The other concern and I have, so I just I, I I don't like it, and I because I don't think he's good enough to to do this, and I think people are going to be kind of be lured in by the name, by playoff Rondo, by the fact that he was quote unquote great with New Orleans that year, which he sort of was, but sort of wasn't. Um, he was great in the playoffs, that was true, but the rest of the season was a mixed bag, and so I don't. I don't like it. The other concern I have with Rondo, and, and I agree with the ones that you brought up, is let's just say for a second, Brian, that LeBron does end up playing the de facto point guard role that he has essentially played for his entire career other than right. last season like, it, <laughs> when it was decided we're going to take the ball out of his right, hands. Right, and then 15 games in, right. went back to it. This is it's a question of lineups, not right. anything, anything else. If you're going to have LeBron play that role, which everybody agrees is the role he should be playing. And from there, you would look, ideally, to be trying to stretch the floor as much as possible and maybe have that rim runner that could be JaVale. Or maybe you go with the, I happen to think DeMarcus is going to play off the bench. But either way... Right, or, you, you know... You, you know. Either, either way, you would be looking to stretch the floor. If you're going to have the ball in LeBron's hands right, as Anthony much Davis, as possible, LeBron James surrounded by three Danny shooters. Green, you know, either Danny Green, Avery Bradley, if he Caruso, shoots well, whatever. Caruso, someone like that. Caruso KCP, could play the play, two for them. KCP, Caruso six five, he could right. do it. The problem with Rondo is he doesn't fit that role, and the Rondo without the ball in his hands is offensively kind of a useless player. But Rondo's stature could potentially lead to him starting in a way that doesn't make sense for what they're... I, that's exactly... It seems like yeah, they're I mean, trying to do. That's part of what I don't like. And so I don't like that. I'm not... I mean, if you play him maybe off the bench, okay. I mean, it depends on who else he's there right, with. You could back up LeBron, but LeBron's going to be on the floor a lot. And people, players can move in positions and all that stuff. I, and LeBrondo, 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 as a combo last year, was a disaster. If you look at their two-man combo numbers, when they were on the floor together, it was a disaster. And so that's not going to be a great thing. And there's only so much you can depend on Danny Green and Anthony Davis to do. I mean, the upside, I, I would say the upside, if you want to look for it with Rondo, is that he's got a really good connection with both Boogie and Anthony Davis. And teammates seem to like him. I, I don't, I, it's... If he were had more Dudley in him, I wouldn't have a problem with sure. it. I just, I, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that is going to be content with doing that thing where, you know what, I might play for two weeks a lot of minutes and then two weeks barely at all. I don't know. If he is, then I don't have a problem with this because he's still good enough at a veteran's minimum you know, to be a guard in this rotation. The guard rotation, like they got a lot. They went from having no guards, like literally no guards, to having a bunch of them, you know, guard sort of high wing players or whatever. They're all sort of flawed. Yeah. Um, I don't love and the very few of them can play the three. 
which is right. which is uh, I mean Danny Green KCP Danny Green can KCP sort of he can it's not ideal but he can. I mean look last year he it's was, really defend the three look, is really man, what it's last what it's, year KCP was often playing the four off the bench right, because so, I mean, a lot of the, you're going to have if LeBron is the point guard you're going to have a lot of play you know KCP or Danny Green could be playing small forward. But then the, in the one starting defensively. Lineup. Right, but then right. And then Avery yeah. Bradley's your two, but he's guarding one. Danny yeah. Green's guarding the opposing cross match. It's a lot of that. And so yeah, I would not worry too much about who's listed where it's which five group of five. That's what I'm talking floor. about. Right. Um so I didn't like that. I'm I'm very skeptical um about the Avery Bradley thing just because he's been hurt a lot. Um He's been terrible the last couple of seasons. Save that fourteen games in Memphis last year, which unfortunately terrible. though ended early because he got hurt. Right. So I just I'm not buying that. Even going back to Boston, he was always hurt, and yeah. so I, I feel like this is not a team. One of the things I think the reasons they brought back KCP is because say what you want, he's pretty he's available. Yeah, he's a pretty and durable you need, player. You need that. This team needs availability. Um, it's not even necessarily young, old, whatever. Available. Jared Plus, Dudley is available. Plus, it was a punishment. Yes. <laughs> um, where do the Lakers stand in, in the West? I have them right now third-ish. I think the Clippers are better. Now, none of this is the gap between a fully healthy Golden State team of last year versus everyone else. But in terms of you know, a game or two instead of four or five games or whatever, I think the Clippers are constructed a little bit better. And I would I think, agree. And I like Utah. I like Utah. And I like that I construction. I really like Utah. Don't, not the same star power, but the 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 way that thing is put together, like the Lakers did a the Lakers did a good job, I think, of having at least a plan. It's like flawed no, shooters, okay. This roster, flawed defenders, last okay. Last year's roster didn't make sense. This one, the, this, everybody they sign, you look at and you say, I I understand why that. I understand why whether Troy like, Daniels right, is there. Whether you like the signing or not, and whether you think these guys are the best guys they could have gotten or best guys for their particular role. Their sense. roles all make sense. Um, like this is a much better job this year constructing. Right. And, you, and it was just by, by definition, it was always going to be, they were always going to be top heavy. They were, even if they started free agency in, without chasing Kawhi, they're still going to be top heavy. Well, even if they got Kawhi, they would have been top, <laughs> they they been top heavier. Just the yeah. top would have been so good. It wouldn't matter. Yes. I, I just think like it all, it makes sense. In ways that last year's didn't. It's going to be. They're going to have flaws. They're going to. Be, but they, everybody they signed seems to have a purpose, and they did get the shooting this year yeah. that they didn't have last year. No, I thought. I thought all Their in star all, Rob Polinka acquitted I himself gave a B plus. under the circumstances. Yeah, I gave him a B plus. Well. Um, the star power is going to carry them as far as sort of it'll go. They've got you know Danny Green and 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 Kuz. I think in that next tier of players. Wild cards here, really. If Kuzma really makes a leap, if Cousins, I wrote about that yeah. for the Athletic. If Kuzma makes a leap, if Kuzma, Cousins, you can argue, is the is in its own right the most most important, important player. Piece. In the sure, yep, I agree. Um, and then what is Cousins? And if mm-hmm. those guys, if Cousins turns it something kind of even like what he was in Sacramento, now you have a real legitimate big three. And then if Kuzma develops in ways that he did not develop last year, that changes the complexion of the team. Now, Kuzma so it doesn't matter as much Kuzma as KCP is not flashes of it last year, but he didn't. He didn't get better. No, not as a whole. He did no, not. He didn't. And you know this notion that he's like this floor strike. No, he didn't no. shoot the ball well. No, that's actually one of the areas where he really regrets needs to improve. Um, and so. I like those teams better. I think Houston's still good. We nobody talks about Denver, but Denver's going to be very good again. And they're one of the only teams that's in the mix with any continuity at all. Yeah, they basically they traded for Jeremy Grant and they add Michael Porter 
um, from basically from their draft class from last year mm-hmm. who didn't play, and they're the same team. And it, it was that team was the number one seed in the West last year, and so it, it's a mistake to overlook them. Um, Houston's still very good. Uh, Portland's still going to be good. Portland is they're they've got some stuff they're going to have to figure out because it's a very different roster, but they still should be good. Um, you know, San Antonio's not going to be terrible. Look, the Warriors. The Warriors aren't going to be terrible. The Warriors are not going to be terrible, man. Write um, them off at your own risk. I think it's a mistake. And I actually, I'm more, I mean. The only some, team that I think falls off from the top OKC. eight last year is OKC. OKC. By, and look, Russell. Especially if they trade Westbrook. I mean, this is one of the things that's so, I think, really, and I wrote about this for The Athletic as well, that's really exciting about this upcoming season, mm-hmm. is it's so wide open in a way that we have not seen for the last, you know, Three, three, five, seven years, where it felt like it was either going to be the Warriors or whichever team LeBron was playing on. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it just seemed like, you know, once Kevin Durant was with the Warriors, it's the Warriors. And the 82 game season felt anticlimactic and in a lot of ways, like, like kind of a, a burden, like a like a chore. Yeah, I mean, it was slog. still it was still interesting, it was still fun, but like, you, but it felt meaningless. Right, in and then ways. obviously in the playoffs. You know things happen. This is why you put teams together. That sure. You, what's the point? The Warriors are going. Well, the Warriors might get hurt, and if you're the second best team, you got a shot. Things the, happen, right? But, but the season itself correct. is going to be, I think, exciting and unpredictable and really interesting in ways that we've not seen in a while. That I'm, I'm really looking forward. Yeah. To. So you look at the West, and like the Warriors aren't going to be. They're not going to win 57 games, but they're not going to be terrible. The no. Nuggets. I'm, I actually think D'Angelo Russell. I'm sorry, can the Nuggets fit well were a two seat last year. Am I right? Yeah, yes, the Nuggets were two seats. I actually I think D'Angelo wrong. and Steph Curry yeah, can play better a, than some of the skeptics. It's a are good saying. enough team that they're not going to fall off a cliff. Well, the Blazers didn't get worse. The Rockets didn't get worse. The Jazz got better. The Thunder are going to fall off. The Spurs are basically the same. The Clippers got way better. The Kings aren't going to be terrible. They won thirty nine. Pelicans games aren't going to be terrible. The Pelicans, you know, the Lakers are going to be much improved. They won thirty seven. The Timberwolves could be, you know, around five hundred. They're not. They're not going to be bad. They won 36 games last year. They weren't bad, and they, they got a little better this year, I think. The Grizzlies are going to fall off a cliff. The Pelicans and Mavs will both be better. We're back to the situation where we were last year, where there aren't there are going to be there are very few gimme games in the conference. And in the East... With no dominant favorite. Right. In the East, you've got Milwaukee, the Sixers. I think the Pacers jump up now. The Nets jump up now. The Celtics will still be very the Heat good. will be better than last year. Right. They're not the a Raptors, contender, but the Raptors be aren't going to suck. No. No. They're not going to win 58 games. They're not going to go. No, to but the they East went the 17 and five last year right. without. They're Kawhi. not going to suck. No, I mean unless they just start the teardown ASAP. Right. The, I mean that's a different story. But if they keep with this what group, they got, they're not going to. No, suck. they're not. So there's still some good teams. Or the Hawks, I think, could be a sneaky, interesting team to watch to bump up their. So there's just a, there's a lot to look at this year, and I think I agree with you. It is so much. You the get, league needed this. The league needed it. I think it's to be great for LA. The, you know, having this Lakers Clippers oh, thing. We we've been promised this for a long time. Lakers Clippers, like an actual thing that has never lined up. Fingers crossed. This is going to be the year. Maybe you know, next few years that it actually happens. That's a lot of fun for the city. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. It's it, we're gonna have a lot of time to kind of get into what that looks like and. The Clippers versus the Lakers, and so on and so on. We'll save the uh, the the machine and the comeback of the machine for another day. Well, I mean, I I doubt the comeback will be cemented by our next recording. I hope not. It well, you could, know what? Either way, we win. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just not officially. I mean, it's probably cemented now. <laughs> Um, He's still our guy, though. Yeah, it feels a little like Wally. You know, kind of. 
doesn't realize that he's been made obsolete and everybody's abandoned the planet. Um, that machine. Uh, but anyway, uh, f- a really fun week for the Lakers. Uh, fun week for Lakers fans because there is a unofficially a team to root for, and we are good to go. We'll be back. I don't know at some point. Talk more about this stuff. Thanks.